everybody, and welcome back for another episode of Two Funny Astronauts. Welcome back, folks. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm Mike Massimino. I'm Garrett Reisman, and together we hope we are two funny astronauts. <laughs> now, again, we're not we're not claiming to be funny people; just funny for astronauts. Except for Garrett, I would say is very very funny. Mm, for anybody don't. so hold him you know let's hold him to that but you know i make no claims. don't put the pressure on me mass I, I don't work well under pressure <laughs> how are you i crack i crack under pressure like, like a like a like a cadbury cream egg <laughs> <laughs> well you're a former astronaut so that's okay when you were an astronaut oh. that wouldn't have worked so that's right what that's are we right. going to talk about today garrett we're, we're going to talk about no we're going to talk about Knowles. Which stands That's for right. the National Outdoor Leadership School, but what does that mean, Garrett? Tell our audience what Knowles means and what does it have to do with us. Right. Okay. So here's the thing: we started planning uh, when we had this space station thing come along, which you know is is so much more interesting and and more important than the Hubble. Uh, we had the space station think what we're gonna we're, we're gonna lose our rating as an educational broadcast if you keep saying things like that. You know, well, that, we, no. we're not fake news here. Let's just stick to it. <laughs> we we uh, we're up there. We had the space station thing. So all of a sudden, we're gonna be doing these long duration space flights, right? So we're gonna be up there for months instead of just for days, right? So we had to figure out like. How people get along because we didn't, we, you know, not everybody in the astronaut office gets along. No, <laughs> you're kidding. <laughs> yeah, you know, we had issues there. But when you're on a shuttle flight, that's like that's like ten days or whatever. You can you can you can make it work, right? You can get along with anybody for like ten days if you had to. But like three months, six months, a year, huh? That's hard. So we started saying, you know what? We better like figure out how to play nice with each other because we have some people that didn't learn the things they're supposed to learn in kindergarten, like how to share, <laughs> how to be nice to people. We had certain astronauts uh, who we will not name, right? Who just never really learned how to do that. So we figured, okay, we need to train them. And that's how we came up with, hey, there's this program that's pre-existing called the National Outdoor Leadership School, where they talk about things like expeditionary behavior, being a good teammate, being a good leader, uh, you know, self-management, self-care, all these kinds of things. Maybe we should like send our astronauts to that thing so they could figure out all the stuff they're supposed to learn in kindergarten, but didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, That's about it. Now, I think too, it was, uh, well, in, in general, the National Outdoor Leadership School is a organization that has taught many, many people. I, I know, uh, you know, some of my, I first heard of a cousin of mine from Brooklyn <laughs> went, went on a, a, one of these adventures with his uh, fiance, and they really got to know each other very well <laughs> in a different, in a different way. Because you're out there being stressed, and you got to work together and cook together and find water and do these things. So they went on an expedition together, and they got married. They're still happily married, so it all worked. But they, uh, they, they you know, there people have been going on these as sort of an out, as it says, uh, it's an outdoor school. It's a uh, national outdoor leadership school, and it's been very popular in in universities as well. And they have programs for younger people. And for university students where they can actually get college credit and they go out there for a longer periods of time for months and they go out into the wilderness into these interesting places uh which we'll talk about here where we went uh, so it does serve i think a very good purpose in learning about about leadership and getting along leadership and followership you trade off who's going to be the leader and so on and in addition to learning how to play nice i thought too garrett that it was learning the ways that you react under stress because uh 
in a, if you just just hanging around the office, you know, in, in civilization, you don't get stressed as much as when you're outdoors, when you run into bad weather and you're maybe not getting all the sleep you want and you, you miss home and you've got to worry about not getting dehydrated and enough food and where are you going to go and all these things can actually accelerate the stress process pretty quickly. And you want to see how you behave. And I found too, is like with some of my crewmates doing this, that you start recognizing, well, this person needs his rest or this person is dehydrated or maybe this person needs food. Or, or, maybe, start, or, maybe, this, or maybe this person's a pain in the ass. Maybe this person never learned to play nice. <laughs> maybe, we need, maybe we need further intervention. With the, and, and, and you can try to recognize these things and see how, you know, that if it shows in space that, hey, well, I know that that person needs to needs to drink something or get a candy bar or something like that. And, and, and you try to recognize that in yourself as well. Yeah, right. So it's like you're out there in the wilderness and, you know, you have to learn how to handle yourself. And, and, and some astronauts never like went on these kind of backcountry camping trips. And so some for some of us, it was new. Uh, some of us, it was it was stuff we already knew. But that wasn't the point. The point was not teaching you like how to like rub two sticks together, make a fire and survive. And that was we had like matches and stuff. Uh, but the point was to really focusing more on how to work together as a team. And every day there would be a new leader. Uh, we would, would, another member of the group would be the leader for the day. And then everybody else was a follower. And then the next day, somebody else was a leader. And every night around the campfire, we would debrief with our instructors who would say like, oh yeah, how did, let's talk about how things went. How could we, how can we do better? What can we improve on? Isn't that guy a pain in the ass? That, that kind of stuff is what we talk about. And, and we'd learn how to, be better teammates. Yeah, you, you mentioned about not many astronauts have much experience in the outdoors. Uh, I was one of those guys, right? So, so going out there was all, you know, you say it's not, it's not survival. Uh, they do give you food. I think that's why it categorized not as, because they did give you food and they did give you like a little stove that you could, and fuel to cook with. You did have to find water because that's a pain to lug a ton of that. So you did. Have, so you're, you're in these outdoor places, but you had to purify the water. It's not a good idea just to drink from a stream or a lake or anything. But you know they taught us how to purify the water. So we did have that challenge, but they did give us the food. But the outdoor stuff, yeah, I was one and all. I don't know about you, Gary. I mean, I've done some car <laughs> camping, and you know, with the with the Cub Scouts when I was a kid, and then with my kids, you know, with the YMCA programs and uh, that we had in uh, in, in Houston and. With the you know the Cub Scouts at that point, when my kids were still kind of young when I first did this, but but I was like, man, this is really rough. But you don't have to go to the outdoors to learn a lot of this. My idea was we should also have a Nils, a National Indoor Leadership School, and that was my. After we were out there for a couple of days, I was like, yeah, this is not the best, guys. It would be a lot better. I think we can learn how to get along inside. Who's in charge of the television? Who turns it to yeah. one of the food? You know, and, and also you could have like a, you know, being inside where it's, it, it also, hey, you've got to go to this part of town and figure out how to get there and go get us hamburgers and come back. You know, that kind of thing. Instead of doing that, That's you're right. worried about a bear getting you, you got to negotiate the New, gonna, you, the New York it, City subway. Figure out how to work to negotiate the New York City subway system. That's exactly. not, that's challenging yeah. in itself. So National that's Indoor hard. Leadership School. Would be I it. love the Indoor Leadership School. You can have the thing like there's one piece of pizza left. Right. And who's going to get it, right? And how exactly. are you going to split it? And if it's like, if you can really can cut it, it would do like, and, and not mess up the cheese and the pepperoni. Right. That's hard, right? Yes, exactly. That would be also good teamwork training. So, but, they, but we were out there. They we, didn't like that they idea. They took us. No, no, they didn't like that. I, I think you're onto something, though. Maybe we should start that. Yeah. But the uh, we went to a bunch of different places. So, like, we would send people out into the Canyonlands of Utah. 
uh, and and uh, you'd be out there for a couple of weeks and you have to carry everything uh, you need on your back. So we had these like 70 pound packs that we're carrying around 80 pounds. I don't know. It was a lot. Uh, and then uh, we, we started doing these river rafting trips. And then the, the, there's one down like uh, some other river in Utah, I think. And then there was the, some people went kayaking. In fact, one of the Knowles expeditions we did was a kayaking trip around the San Juan Islands, which is where I am right now. And I know that they stayed on this island, like right out my window. I could see it. If they come by again, I'm going to go out there with pizza and help them out. I feel bad for those guys. <laughs> but we were in the Canyonlands, and I was with – in the beginning, we were just trying to figure out if this would work. Mm-hmm. So we did some trial runs, and I was on one of those. So it was myself, Peggy Whitson, who would later be my commander on the ISS, uh, and uh, Carl Waltz. Uh, Barbara Morgan, who is Kristen McCullough's backup for the first teacher in space uh, that flew on uh, on Challenger. Uh, and then she later became a full astronaut with, in my class. So Barbara was with us. And uh, we also had Mike Fole, who was on the mirror when they had that collision and the fire. He, was, he had some rough times of it up there on the Russian mirror station. And then uh, uh, and Roberto Vittori. Uh, and, and I'll tell you, it, th- th- there were some funny moments there. And one of the ones I remember was we're going to sleep one night. And we had we we set up our camp, and only after we set up our camp, we saw like you know maybe like fifty feet away, there's a rattlesnake. Okay, there's a rattlesnake, and it was doing wow. its thing up against the the wall of this cliff that we were camping next to. And so it was too late to move the camp. It was dark. We, it would be too hazardous. So we just we're going to sleep with a rattlesnake. So Mike Fole goes and uh, and gets this big stick, and he lays down. He puts the big stick right next to his sleeping bag. He's right next to me. And, he puts the stick down and he's like, so just in case the snake comes, I guess he's going to whack it over the head with a stick. And I, and I, and he looked at me, he goes, uh, I got to do a British accent. Hold on. Uh, uh, help me out here. It's a uh, top, but no, I can't, I can't do a British accent. I'm terrible. All right. So anyway, he goes, Garrett, uh, um, uh, you know, where's he goes, what are you doing here? Where's your stick? You need a stick. I got one. Where's your stick? And I said, Mike, you don't understand. The rattlesnake is over there. Okay, you're sleeping on on the left, my left side. You, are, it's got to go through you to get to me. All right. I don't. I don't need a big stick. I. I just. I, I'll, I'll wait until he's. If he, he manages to eat you, then it gives me plenty of time to run away. I don't need my own <laughs> stick. <laughs> so, hopefully, you'll you'll get it with your stick, and you don't need me. But that was yeah. There were there were there were some real hazards out there. Yeah. Yeah. We did the the first one of these. I did. Um... I had done, we had talked about the Cold Lake experience, and I had done that, and I thought that was kind of tough. So when this National Outdoor Leadership thing was after I was assigned, you did yours before you were assigned, and my yeah. first mission, uh, they assigned the spacewalkers, the tradition back then, which changed, but at, back then it was still that they would assign the four spacewalkers before the rest of the crew, what they called the, the flight deck crew, which was our commander and pilot and, a, and flight engineer, MS-2 robot arm operator. So it was just the four spacewalkers. And my first flight, it was me and Jim Newman and John Grunsfeld and Rick Linehan. Rick Linehan is a recurring character in this because we both got to fly <laughs> with him. And he's just yeah. a funny, good, good guy. But uh, so the four of us were going to go. And as you said, what would you go with, like eight people or seven people? I think it was seven. You went with about was, seven astronauts and a couple instructors. We also had two instructors, right? Yeah, so, yeah. But we had four, and you know, I was like, "Well, we should try to get some more guys." So, <laughs> so I was at church about a, about a couple weeks before we we're going to do this. Uh, Charlie Camarda and uh, Lee Archambault, Brew from your class, 
we're, we're talking outside after we went to church one day and in, in, uh, in a Sunday. I'm saying we're going to go. And I go, we have four spots. We have, like, spots open. <laughs> so Charlie goes, I'll go with you guys. I go, really? That'd be great. And then Brew goes, I'll go if I can. I go, go great. I go, just find somebody else. So he goes and recruits Dex. He recruits Alan uh, Poindexter. So the three guys, like two guys from your class and then Charlie from my class. Dex and Brew from your class and Charlie. Mm-hmm. And so we had a really good group going. And uh, – I yeah, didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. I was like, you know, we've been I've been through uh through Cold Lake, how how bad could this be? So what we decided to do was to save money, we were all gonna travel together to the airport and we chipped in whatever the allowances would be and we got a limo to come get us. So we're in this stretch limo going to this thing. It actually saved the government money because it wasn't individual taxis, folks. So we and we had cigars and we're hanging out just like lounging, you know, like this is going to be great. Like we're going on vacation to Vegas. This is the way we're behaving, you know. This is going to be so much fun. And we flew, I don't know how many, you know, how we flew from Houston to somewhere and ended up where this place was, uh, I think like in uh, Boulder or well, I don't know where they sent us, Colorado Springs or someplace like that we were going to start. And, and we were going through the canyons like you described. And uh, it started off like, pretty good it started off the weather was beautiful it was uh, it was like early october mid-october maybe the thing i was disappointed about from the onset though garrett was we're going to talk about this in later episodes is baseball rivalries and you being a yankee fan and me being a mets Mm -hmm. fan and we did this in 2000 right and what happened in the world series in 2000 garrett who was playing oh, yeah, each other? Yeah, that, that would be the Yankees versus the Mets. That was a, yes. that was a Subway Series in New York, a Yankees Mets World was, Series that had never that happened was a in my great life. Series that it was, was a, oh, that was yeah. That you was know, we'll, we'll talk about the outcome another time. But the uh, <laughs> but before that, so this was something that I had been you know looking forward to since I was a little kid, and and then, now it's happening right when we're at Knowles. Like I think they started the games on a weekend, so I got <laughs> to watch the first two games, and then we were off to Knowles. And I, and I was telling the instructors, I brought, I bought a Walkman, you know, like a like a transistor radio Walkman, so I could listen to the game. <laughs> and the guy's like, "You can't, you're not going to be able to get in the reception." I go, "This is the World Series. How can I not listen to the World Series?" Because you're not going to be able to. I go, he, and he said, "If you bring that thing, you're going to have to carry it the whole time. You can't leave it out. <laughs> Remember that thing was leave no trace. That's you're not right. allowed to step on anything you're not supposed to. You got to the whole yeah. thing about what you do with your poop was a whole issue itself. You know, nothing could be." Couldn't change anything. Yeah, we couldn't change anything. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm bringing this thing. I'm going to try to listen to the World Series. And uh, <laughs> how am I going to miss this World Series? So, of course, we get out there and we're, you know, as you say with these packs, and every ounce more or less counts when you're carrying it on your back or like a mountain goat up these, you know, these little things. And and, I'm not, and so it was, whatever that thing weighed wasn't much, but it was a pain in the neck. And, of course, I got absolutely no reception. I had no idea what was going on with the World Series the whole time. <laughs> And I'm out there in the, in the wilderness, so that's how that's how we started off. And uh, well, given, started given off, how things worked out for the Mets, I think that might have been a blessing. Yeah, the Mets, the Yankees, but I didn't even know the outcome. I didn't know. I'll get to the outcome at the end. Because did I just I, spoil I it for you? Did I just ruin it for you? Did you? No, you can no, you can say it. I've, but there's a story I'll tell at the end of how I. I found thought maybe out. you never found out. I thought you never never. No, I did. I found I, the I, Yankees won. The I think the Mets, the Mets did uh, did win one game there. Which uh, going back to our base, I don't you know not to get off on a tangent here, but why not? They won that. I think they won like the third game, maybe or the fourth. They won, yeah. but they broke Joe Torre's streak of consecutive World Series victories because I think he had won. He lost the first two against Atlanta in '96, and then he won four, 
mm-hmm. I think I'm, I'm you know, we, we don't have a fact checker here for this. Maybe Jason could look it up. But but he won four in a row uh, against the Braves. It just, to, yeah, they lost the first one, but then he won four in a row. And then I think they swept the next two that they had, right? Didn't they go to back in 98 and 99? I think they swept whoever they were playing with those teams. So that was like another you know, whatever 12 in a row and I think they and then I and then I think he won the first two against the Mets so they were on quite a streak yeah I don't know if that yeah. record you talk about records that will never be broken you know Joe Torre's managerial record I don't know if you but they the Mets broke that streak and won a game and then they lost a, I think they lost the next two but but that was I got to miss I, I couldn't find the couldn't find out what was going on with the World Series and we can talk about more details of the trip but just to, since we talked about the outcome well, when we up, finally um, got out of there, okay, when we okay. finally got out of this thing, and there was a lot, we'll talk about all things that happened in between, but when we finally got out of this canyon, which wasn't easy, <laughs> I wanted to find out who won the World Series. And we end up in like some little town, I don't know if we were in Utah or somewhere in Colorado, and I walk, we walk into like to the, whatever we could find at the point. We, we, we found our van where we left it you know, two weeks earlier, and then we drove somewhere to get something to eat. <laughs> and no one in this restaurant knew what happened. I couldn't find a newspaper. <laughs> it, it ended like a week before, and it, it was just we, we had to get into, you know, into uh, a telephone signal, which we weren't in at the beginning. But it took me hours. I couldn't believe it. I was tortured like for a day. I didn't know what happened. <laughs> and then I got the outcome. But you were, and you then, wanted, you really, what, then you really got tortured. Then I really got tortured. But you were saying when we should talk out. about, you know, some of the things we learned. When we well, were out there, like leave yeah. no trace was one leave of no the trace things. was a big thing. That's very important when you're outdoors. The, the other thing, the other thing I wanted to mention is um, I got another Mike Foles story. So we're out there, and Mike had this tendency to to put his sleeping bag like right next to a big cliff. I don't know why, but the guy just really liked doing this. <laughs> he would he would probably lie make, down probably to make you nervous. Yeah, it, well, he was driving uh, Molly uh, and Andy. Those were our two instructors, and they ended up. Uh, they're a couple they're married so molly and andy would see him and he would put his sleeping bag like just a couple feet from like a 200 foot vertical drop and and, and then the instructors are going crazy they would they were pulling their hair out they were like going nuts worried that for the, that this guy was going to kill himself by rolling over in the middle of the night and i remember roberto vittori comes up to me and he goes get it i'll try to do an italian uh i can help you with now. the italian accent if you need it uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's Being the British helpful. one, I can't do Mike Fole, but you I can't can, do that. I can help you with the Italian one if you need it. Go ahead. Well, he had his, but Roberto Vittori's got the strange. It's not really an Italian accent. Is he's got no. the strange European amalgam? I don't know. But anyway, he's from, he goes, Nor- he's from Northern Italy, which is oh, almost like part yes. of Europe. You know, it's, it's kind of like Germany. Northern Italy is yeah. a little different than where my yeah. my people immigrated from in the south. But yeah, yeah. But he speaks English really well, so. Not many. Yeah, he went to Brooklyn. He did. He went to Brooklyn And so, Tech. And so, and so actually, this joke is actually pretty, is pretty good, this mm-hmm. joke that he came up with, considering yeah. that, you know, English is a second language for the guy. So he comes yeah. up to me and he goes, get it. Some people like to live on the edge. Mike Fole just likes to sleep there. <laughs> <laughs> it says a lot, I think. That but. does. That, that, the that, other that, thing that. you brought up is, is pooping. We should talk about that. How do you go to the bathroom... And and leave no yeah. trace. That's kind of uh, kind of impossible. But how yeah. did you how did you work that out? Uh, I tried a, duffer, a a couple different ways uh, on that trip, and they give you a whole lecture on it. They give you a whole lecture on like the history of pooping in the wilderness, and you don't want to, you know, you you have different options, but uh, the it's you you more or less poop in a hole, and uh, then the idea is how do you clean yourself? And you can clean yourself with try to clean clean up with water if you want to use toilet paper you can use or something to wipe yourself 
You can use natural toilet paper, which can be a rock or some moss mm. or leaves. I actually tried that because that was recommended. That didn't work very well for me, Garrett. I don't know if you tried that, but that, that I think I tried that a couple days. I was like, no, 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 this isn't going to work. So I, had, I, I had the opposite experience. I loved okay. it. Really? Do you use it yeah, now? Yeah, the rocks. Is that what the you rocks. use now? Do I was tempted. It? When, I, when I came home, I was going to get rid of toilet paper and just pile a bunch of rocks up in my, in my bathroom because I loved it. So I, but you got to get the right rock. This is really important. We actually briefed the astronaut office when we came back because we were one of the first groups to do this. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to, to share lessons learned. I was like, okay, here's a lesson. How to find the, the correct type of rock to wipe your ass. Right, so I got up there in front of the whole astronaut office and gave this presentation. And I had I had a demonstration, I had different samples. So I just like there's one piece of like lava that, with all these jagged edges. No. I'm like, this is bad. Yeah. You don't want yeah. this. This is no good. But then you find like at the bottom of the stream beds, you find these nice smooth round rocks. They were perfect, and and especially if they have just a little coating of dust on it for a little bit of abrasion. That's you need that helps. Um, so I'm like, this is ideal. This is the kind of one you want. And I, I'm telling you, I got so used to it. I, I really did. When I came back home, I was, I really thought about maybe I should, cause I, 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 it works great. Uh, as long as, as long as you pick the right rock. Yeah, no, I, it, that wasn't for me. I, I remember your briefing <laughs> and I listened and I was, I was very, uh, very inspired by it. I found uh-huh. it very educational, but when I went to practice, that wasn't going to work. So I ended up using uh, real toilet paper and you couldn't just bury the toilet paper. So we had the option of either trying to burn it, which is what I tried on my first Knowles expedition, <laughs> trying to burn the toilet paper, which was That's a bit nasty. of a project, or, uh, or you could pack it out. And what, what that means is you're gonna carry around this used toilet paper. And uh, it's amazing how how uh, economically you can use a piece of toilet paper when you know you got to walk around. <laughs> so I didn't use very much toilet paper, but that was, you know, that was kind of a big so now, now, like, now, to deal with that. So after that, like, all you need is like a fortune cookie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like really. A little fortune. It's That's amazing like, what you, you get done with one little sheet of toilet paper. <laughs> you know, I when the pandemic hit a year ago and people were like, were looking for toilet paper for whatever reason, I was like, I only need one roll I can make it for months. That's like, what I like, learned no, yeah. You were like, you're like, don't worry, I, I can, I, I, all I need, I, I have a roll of stamps, I'll be fine. It's how, it's amazing, <laughs> it's amazing how, how much, how many times you can fold a piece of toilet paper to get a clean part of it to, you know, yeah. to get a good shot at yourself again. So, you know, yeah, a lot of being, a, for, for our listeners, we should point this out, like a lot of being an astronaut is really just advanced potty training, right? <laughs> so it's like yeah. this, this whole experience that we're talking about now, when you go up into space, you know, what's the most common question you get asked, Mike, when you're out in the, in the public? What's the one thing everybody wants to know? What, what is Garrett like? <laughs> what, what is Garrett, what's it like to be friends with Garrett? That's number one. No, but the bathroom All right, question. what's number two? What's the number ba- two? Aha, that's a good one. Number one and then number two. Those are the, <laughs> and number two. That's the most number yeah. one and the, num- and the number two most popular right. question. So we'll have to cover that at some point. We're yeah, not going to do it now. Number one and number two. Yeah, so yes, uh, going to the bathroom is something that people, everyone does, and they want to know how do you do it up there. Yeah. yeah. And then, so you had to learn how to do it on this Knowles thing with rocks or burning your toilet paper or using a, a postage stamp. Uh, and then you had to learn, like, in space, it's a whole different advanced potty training. And then when you, uh, when uh, and then the other thing that uh, I did, I, I don't think you did one of these, but we, we lived... Another analog that we did was this Nemo thing. We lived in this habitat on the floor of the sea for like two weeks. We lived out there at the bottom, just off off the coast of Key Largo in Florida, and there's this Aquarius habitat. 
And there, when you go to the bathroom, that's a whole nother uh, ordeal. It has its own yeah. uh, peculiarities. So we could talk about that sometime. Yeah, but the, the point is, is that basically you don't realize this when you become an astronaut, but like you got to learn how to poop under duress in extreme conditions. That's really what it's all about. <laughs> but that's a lot. There's a lot of the training, and it's you know, they'll, yeah, they had to how to do all that. But that was what some of the things we learned at Knowles. Uh, so yeah, the um, the group the group that I went with uh, when we first started out that first time on this on this adventure, as I said earlier, the the weather was really nice. I couldn't get good reception on the on the. The World Series, which was disappointing, but the weather was really nice. And whenever we'd have to go through a stream, there was a lot of up and down stuff. We had a lot of like rock climbing and then rappelling down, and we would walk walk across the edge of a you know kind of on the on the plains for a little bit and up and down and all this. And uh, we would occasionally have to cross a stream or something. And we were trying to keep dry. I remember we wanted to keep our stuff dry. We didn't want things to get wet. And uh, we were doing a pretty good job of that. Until like day three, I remember the first two days were beautiful, but day three <laughs> it started raining, and uh, and it was getting kind of cold. You know, this was this was like in October. I think we were there over Halloween even, so it went into November. We were there for Halloween. I remember we had our instructor brought Halloween masks for us to celebrate Halloween. But right about day three, it started pouring, and it would go sometimes to a sleet and into snow, and it didn't stop. And what it, what I meant not only were we, we were getting hit with the water and got wet. But we also had to deal with now like uh, raging rivers of water, <laughs> and uh, there's no other place. Sometimes you gotta, you know, this is the way. You know, it's like <laughs> this is how we go. This is the only way to get out of here, and it's through this river. And uh, there was a slot canyon, and I remember it is pouring on us, and the water was getting high. We couldn't really walk through it, but we wanted to remain dry, so we had this. The idea we we came up with, we we kind of attached our backpacks to us. And we were going along the slot canyon. It was it was narrow enough we could use our feet and our back, you know, and kind of like walk shimmy across this thing. This looked like it was something out of an Indiana Jones movie or something. But this is what we were doing. I'm there with Charlie Camarda, who's from Queens. And you know, we're like, we can't get our stuff's gonna get wet. This is terrible. Then we came to a point where we had to get in the water. And so we got in and it was over our heads, and oh. we just were underwater. And I remember like looking and seeing Charlie next to me. We're totally submerged with our gear. And like, could we get any wetter? It was so wet, only a little rain, you know. A, but we were just totally drenched. As we're coming at, the, we get, through, we just ride this river down more or less to where we're going to exit. And we had a rock climb to get out of this thing, but we were able to get out where we were going to camp at this point. And Char, and so we're you're, just you're under, the, un, you're under the water with your like, you're like. We were under the water with our gear. Down. Just yeah, just like we're going down this river under the water for a while, and then we get out. And we're just totally drenched, and it's still raining, you know, pouring on us. And Charlie yeah. comes up to me, goes, "Mike, look at my mouth, <laughs> right?" <laughs> he goes like this, you know, for those of you who are watching, can see me down. He goes, "Look at my mouth." I'm like, "What?" He goes, "Look at my mouth. What do you see? Do you see something missing?" I go, "Yeah, Charlie, you're missing a tooth. There's like a little stub sticking out of there." He goes, "I lost my crown in this in this underwater adventure." He goes, "I think it just popped out, or it was loose. We know what it was. It was loose." He goes, see I go, "Yeah, it looks loose." And then he goes, he flicks it like this. <laughs> And it takes a, a clean exit out of his mouth, and like this one, uh -huh. and we watch it. We watch. We're like, whoa, look at that! And it, bang! It goes really high. It goes and lands in the water. So oh, now man. we're rummaging around. He goes, "How me find it?" So we try, and we find it. I, I I don't know if I found it, but we find this thing. I go, "What are we gonna do now?" He goes, "I got to put it back in." 
So we find Rick Linehan. We had a little bit of a med kit that apparently had super glue in it, I think for stitches, some kind of glue if in case you need it. And, and Rick super glued that tooth back in his head. When I think wow. about that, one mistake I think we might have made, we never, we didn't like care about like the cleanliness of this thing. Yeah. He just yeah. wanted, it was in the river, you know, in the mud, and we just shoved it and, and glued it back in his head, and it was fine. So Rick Rick really knew what he, he was very good out there as our uh, as our physician to take care of us. But then we climbed out of there, and that was kind of the end of the fun. It just was pouring and sleeting and miserable for the next, for the next whatever week and a half that we were out there, so... Yeah, that's that's what we had. We had we had other you know the the I it got it, it was one Sunday I remember waking up, and uh, it was toward the end and I and I said something like I was sitting there next to Charlie and Brew, and I said something like yeah you know when I get back to the office I think I'm gonna do this or something, and Charlie goes at this point I'd just be happy to get back to the office. We were really miserable, <laughs> and we had had so much. There was one time that went the we you were talking you know where you would sleep. And mm -hmm. usually, if the weather's nice, you sleep out in the open. You know, it was just wonderful to do that. I can't remember if we had tents with us. We might have had some. I think we had like a tarp we could set up. But in the torrential rain, that wasn't working. We, we were just getting wet at night, too. It was terrible. But there were two nights where we kind of lucked out a little bit. One was the weather got better, and we were sleeping along a ridge. You had mentioned this thing where Mike fall along the ridge. We were sleeping. We were so desperate to get out of the rain. We were sleeping underneath this this overhang thing, you know. All of us kind of lined up. It was, but if you rolled the wrong way, you were taking a chance. But at that point, we were like, "We're miserable. <laughs> we need some shelter." So we, and it was stopped raining. We're like it stopped raining, and then like after about ten minutes, all of a sudden it came again. We started here. We were like, "Happy, yay! It stopped raining." And then ten minutes, like, <laughs> and then the next night we were like, "This is terrible. We can't take it. We got we got to find somewhere." To, and we found a cave, right? We found a cave, and we're like, this is the most luxurious place I've ever seen. After cave. being out there getting rained on, and it was just a lot of sand. It was like just big sand thing, and it was a very deep cave. And, and it was a real, it, it was, was a cave. So, and it was great until the, until the bear woke up? Well, there was no bear, but what happened was, <laughs> what happened was, is we were so excited to be, finally find a cave where we yeah. could sleep. So Linehan, again, being the veterinarian doctor that he is, he looks around the place, and he goes, we can't stay here. And we're like, why? He goes, there's, I, th I don't know if you said there were rats or some kind of animal in there because he saw poop. And he said, we oh, can't yeah. stay here because he thought we would get, I go, is it going to kill us? Whatever this thing is, is it like a wolverine? <laughs> you know, is it a bear? What is it? And he goes, no, it's nothing like that. It's a smaller animal, but it could be carrying disease. And like, I don't care. I'm not moving. And we're like, we're staying. We're gonna, and we just set up our, we're like, we'll take it. We don't care. We're not going back out there. And I remember just we got as I was, penicillin. It'll be we fine. Yeah, we're like, well, treat it when we get home. <laughs> so, and I remember going to sleep in this cave. And I remember Dex, before, right before I was like going to sleep, Alan Point Dex, our friend, goes, hey, Mass. I go, what, Dex? He goes, did you ever think you'd be so excited about sleeping in a cave? It was like the, <laughs> it was the best feeling to be in a cave. So anyway, that's. We, we, uh, we had the opposite problem uh, when I was out there. It was we, too hot? Uh, it was too hot and there yeah, was no rain at all. Riches. And so, yeah, it's a worse so problem. This is really. bad because you can you can die of thirst out there. You right. you got to find water. It's you you know you can you can uh, you can go for quite a long time, you know, without food, but without water, you really you know you only got days uh, really. That's right. And so, and so we're out there, and at one point we were deep, we were deep in these slot canyons, and deep in the bottom of those canyons there was there was water, and that was good. But then we had to like do this one trek where we had to go out of the canyon to get where we're going and go across a bunch of plains where there was going to be nothing to drink at all. 
and then dropped down into it, finally dropped down into another canyon on the other side where hopefully we were hoping there would be more water. But so we did it as we, we planned this out. We tried to, we did all like the mission planning. We tried to be as safe as possible. We actually bet we, we got, they had these things called dromedaries or these big water containers mm -hmm. and we filled them up. And then we went like halfway out on the plateau and we dropped these things off and then we came back and we oh, filled good. up more and we, we had like water depots along yeah, the way. Nice. It was trying to be smart about it. So we did all that. But when we get to the end, we reach the other end, we're completely out of water. We're down to like, like a quart for all of us. We got like nothing, virtually nothing left. And we're really worried about this because if there's not water over here in this, in this canyon that we're going to, we could die. You know, because we were not, we, we were going to have to go all the way back was our only option. And we have no more water left to make that trip. Nothing left in those depots. We're, we were in trouble. So we go and myself and, uh, and I think it was myself and Carl Waltz, we went off to try to scout it out. Like the rest of the group started setting up camp and we went to scout out to find water. So the two of us went, went, went out there and we come back and we come back and, and, and Carl and I have got these like really dejected looks on our faces. We're like miserable. Like, like, uh -huh. and then, and we get back and the rest of the, the rest of the group was looking at us like, Oh shit. You know, like, like <laughs> they didn't find anything. And then from behind my back, I whip out this water bottle and I pour it over my head. And I'm like, ah, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and Peggy was like, you little shit. <laughs> but that, but you're, that was the game was that you needed water. We had so, yeah. that's what we were worried about at the beginning. Because it wasn't, you know, we, and then all of a sudden it's like, we got too much water. We would open our <laughs> yeah. mouth, ah, and you would, you know, you'd, it would come, and you didn't have to worry about it. So, yeah, we had. When it, when it rains, it pours. Yeah. Right, you have, it's one or the other. But, yeah, the bigger, the bigger issue is the not finding the water. But, yeah, we, uh, you know, we ended up, uh, we ended up getting through that. We ended up with, with all the bad weather we had, and it was cold, it was snowing on us. I remember one at, at one point we were we had stopped and they would give us little lectures about stuff out there you know like they would tell us about mm -hmm. the environment and uh, I was like this is no way to live you know you can't find this is just there's nothing out there and and it was there was these cliff dwellers that lived there did you go see any of the cliff, uh, cliff yeah cliff yeah dwellings out there that was really interesting that was and they cool. were giving us these they were giving us this lecture and was sitting there like listening kind of over this overhang again and you know in this like little place where people would live which is kind of interesting and and you know the guys we don't know what happened to these people I'm like oh what, what? You know, there's many theories you know maybe they ran out of food or it was you know rival uh rival tribes back then or and then and then the guy goes and says oh maybe they were picked up by aliens some people think that <laughs> like oh yeah how about this they were living on the side of a mountain how about that? And he decided to get out. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe someone said, hey, maybe, maybe there's somewhere else to go, like over there, you know? Over to see that food. over there where the grass is? Yeah. Maybe we go over there. So so that was that. We fi we finally get we, we get down to the last day, you know, no World Series. You know, we're just, just wet and miserable. We're, it was, this is a lot. Remember, we started out in a limousine, right? You're With right. the cigars, right. thinking like we're going on a, on a boy's trip. And we're like, this is terrible. <laughs> yeah. How do we get ourselves into this? And uh, it's getting late at night. And where our last campsite is, we had like two ways to go. Like one way would have taken us like another day. And it, we, that, we didn't have that time. We had to get out. The other way was to climb up this this like cliff. Right? <laughs> so uh, John Grunsfeld, who was a pretty good outdoorsman, and one of the instructors goes and checks this thing out. 
and it's it's getting dark. It's already dark now, and we have the helmet lights on. And he says, "Well, we it's we can do it, except it's going to be dark, and it's really exposed. Which means if you fall over, you know yeah, you're going to go. You're gonna, yeah. You know, and the rule was generally when you were hiking out there. And I don't like heights, Garrett. We can go. We can do a whole episode on that. <laughs> I don't like. That's what was driving me crazy. Like walking around like a mountain goat, you know, on the edge of this thing. Kind of got to me after a while, but." Uh, but, you know, the rule was, I, I think, if you could fall down, you want to keep one body a length away from the cliff, from the edge. But if you fall mm-hmm. over, you know, your body will boom, and then you'll stay there. But if you're less than that, you're going to, if you fall, you're going to go over. So this was, we were going to have to, like, walk up these things, and it was going to be hand this to that guy and get up this thing, which seemed pretty high. It was, it was a pretty high thing. And I was like, this is terrible. Like, we're going to, you know, can't we get a helicopter? Let's just cry uncle. You know, I think we've all learned a lot here. It's the end of the thing. Why, why do we have to address this? And I remember Brew comes up to me, Lee Archambault comes away, he goes, Mike, let me talk to you about something. Let me, let me tell you, I think we're going to be all right. I go, why in the world did you think that? He goes, Mike, these instructors are, are responsible for us. Can you imagine if one of us gets killed doing this thing? Do you know how much paperwork they're going to have to go through? There's mm-hmm. no way they're going to let us die. They go, all right, I'll trust you. And that's what we did. We ended up, you know, climbing and getting out of there. Sleeping that last night, like on a plateau or whatever it was, and then heading back, looking for civilization. It took me a while to figure out who won the World Series. And then we get we get back to Houston. The limousine's waiting for us. And much different scene. And when it pulled up to my house, we were just dead. All that, you know, we needed to shave. I didn't shave for two weeks. We were all like just smelly. And even though we couldn't take enough showers to get the stink off of us. Like yeah. the, the stuff they gave us, some gear, you know, my wife just threw it all out. She says, I can't even clean this crap. <laughs> Everything about it got thrown away. They gave us these really good hiking boots, which were just yeah. beat to heck. Everything, and we just rolled out of there. And, and, you know, my wife's like, how was the vacation you were on? It was completely, <laughs> you know, the scene leaving, if you had a before and after, was, we just like, oh, we just want to lay down. So that I tell was, you, man, I, I had, that I had was a that different experience. experience. I, I loved it. I, I would do it again in a heartbeat. And I'm still really good friends with my instructors. Yeah. I actually live up here, and mm-hmm. I see them once in a while when we come up. So uh, I, I even like the food. I don't know about you, but yeah, I, I even right. – because they don't – it wasn't like camping food, like dehydrated stuff, kind of like space food. It wasn't like that like stuff you get at REI yeah. if you're going on a, on a backcountry camping thing. It was like they brought the actual ingredients. We had like bags of yeah. – like brown sugar and flour and you know whatever else you used to cook and they were I'm never they were never chef. labeled you remember garrett they were never labeled. no you, you had to like, be able to look at smell. it and god forbid and went, you mix went, up the sugar with the salt you were in trouble you know you I've had to be that. able to look yeah be able to recognize it without labels i thought that was kind of clever. The, i don't know why don't you put the label you got a sharpie why don't you so anyway you're right that it was, was a part pain of the part of the exercise but I tell you, when we made that stuff, it was great. I remember there was this one dish. It was like, um, they called it like cowboy hash browns or something. We'd have it for breakfast yeah. uh, often. And I thought it was delicious. I mean, when we made that in the morning and I filled my belly up yeah. with that, I felt like it was like, I'm eating like like like, like some of the best food I've ever had in my life. It tastes yeah. so, I, so I'm like, I was so enamored with it that when we come out of there, we're, we went up to their headquarters once in Wyoming Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, and I said, do you have that cookbook? Remember, there's a no yeah cookbook yeah I got I ended up that had all the it, recipes. Yeah. It was good yeah. yeah. So I, I I bought one of those, and I'm like, oh man, this is great. In fact, I bought two. I bought two of those things, and I get back home, and I'm all excited, and I tell my wife, someone, I'm like, hey, uh, 
I'm going to cook you these hash browns for breakfast. You're going to love it. It's like the best food ever. And I make, I, I go ahead and I make the, I follow the recipe. I got the cookbook. I make it on, in my kitchen in Houston, just like we made it out there in the, mm-hmm. in the wilderness. And I put it on the plate. I sit down. I take a bite. I'm like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the worst. It's just that when you're in the wilderness, yeah. anything tastes delicious. You know, this is, like, this is true. Yeah, the only it was horrible. The only thing I got, for, and I, I would, you know, I, truthfully, Garrett, I would love to do it again with those guys with you. It was really it, overall it was a great experience. It was fun, except we could have planned the 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 time of year a little bit better. Don't go with you know the beginning of really was like the beginning of winter, but. The when you made the food, you had to eat it. You remember that because you could, or you had to take yeah. it with you. You couldn't like leave the food behind. Leave Again, no leave trace. no trace. You didn't want a little bunny mm-hmm. rabbit coming and eating your oatmeal or whatever. And I remember one of the, I don't know, some somewhere along the line there, uh, someone decided to make rice pudding, and uh, <laughs> I don't. I had the reaction you did after I ate that. Somebody, we can't eat this stuff. And I had like, a, they gave me a bowl of it. Oh, you got to eat it. I, go, I don't want it. You eat it. We're not eating it. So. Whoever, you know, some maybe some people liked it, but not enough to eat what I had. And I had to carry that stuff around. It was another thing I had to carry with me that you reminded me of a bowl oh, of this rice pudding around. But it's better than poop. It's better than carrying poop. No, yeah, no, that's that's a, <laughs> it's a much better deal than that for sure. All right, man, we should we so should wrap we this up. I think, think I think we've had enough. The there's, time, there's, man. there's more stories to tell, but I think we're out of time, folks. So there's always there's thanks, always going to be more thank, stories to tell. Thanks, but. thanks for listening, and uh, thanks, Garrett, for sharing. We'll see you guys. Yeah, next thanks time. for joining us on Two Funny Astronauts. And I think we're supposed to say like and subscribe. That's what my son. Oh yeah, tells they me. tell he, us he this. The- right, if you can find it wherever you wherever you're listening, or whether it's YouTube or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever else, if you can uh, give us a like and uh, and subscribe, we'd actually rather you do that than listen to us. We'd if you just <laughs> if you if you say well this is really bad then as a parting gift just like it subscribe yeah. and get out but hopefully you want give to it give it again. the give it the five stars anyway it can't yeah hurt well, it can't I, hurt it, it doesn't cost you nothing right come on right so. <laughs> all right thanks folks thanks you again for listening see you guys bye 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 bye.